you have your Bible with you, turn with me to the Gospel according to Mark, New Testament book of Mark, chapter 1. This morning we will be reading verses 40 to 45. If you're a guest with us, we are in a series in the book of Mark, looking at Jesus Christ and looking at him as our king and what his kingdom means for us. And in this special season of Advent and Christmas, we are looking at this in light of what Jesus came to do. Last week, we saw the priorities Jesus set forth in his ministry and prayer and preaching. And this morning, we're going to see another aspect of that Christmas story, what Jesus came for as we look at Jesus and the leper. With all that in mind, let's read Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. This is the word of the Lord. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to freely talk about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. In this conversation, there are two exchanges between Jesus and the leper. I want to look at both of these exchanges with you. The first exchange between Jesus and the leper is the scandalous cleansing in verses 40 to 42. There's a scandalous cleansing. Look at verses 40 to 42 one more time with me. A leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. How many of you know the extra versus the jingle bells? How many of you know there's even more than one verse to jingle bells? The only one I know is dashing through the snow on a one-horse open sleigh or the fields we go laughing all the way. Ha, 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 right? But there's more than one verse. I looked it up. Maybe there's a reason we don't know these extra verses or our kids don't know the extra verse. It's about dating. It's dating in the holidays. And so maybe we feel a little weird about our five-year-olds going around singing verses two and three of Jingle Bells. But the, the consequence of that is, is when you sing it, or at least when I sing it, is you just sing the same verse over and over again. I sing Dashing Through the Snow four or five times before I'm done with the song. Some of you don't even know Dashing Through the Snow part, and you just sing the Jingle Bells part over and over and over again. Now, some of you may feel like Mark is a little kid singing Jingle Bells. He's just saying the same thing over and over again. He's just repeating himself. Jesus has healed dozens of people already, and we're just at the end of chapter 1. And again... Jesus heals someone. But friends, this is something entirely new. You've not heard this verse before. Leprosy 
is not just another disease. In Scripture, leprosy is a judgment. It's a curse. And so what we have here is not just the same old, same old first verse of Jingle Bells. Jesus is not healing a man. He's cleansing a man. We see this curse in Leviticus chapter 13, verse 46. Moses writes, The man with leprosy shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So leprosy is not just a sickness. It was a sentence. It was a judgment. It was a curse. And there's multiple, multiple layers to this curse. Leprosy was a physical curse. There's all kinds of different versions of leprosy. Multiple strains of the disease. But they were all disfiguring skin diseases that were grotesque. They were so grotesque that the punishment way, went way beyond the physical. It was a social curse. If you had leprosy, you were judged socially. You were sent into exile away from your family, away from your job, away from everything. Now, leprosy, unlike things we're going through today, was not contagious. It did not spread virally, but it was treated that way. In fact, according to the Talmud, an ancient Jewish writing, the closest you could come to anyone with leprosy was six feet. In some cases, depending on the conditions, you could not come closer than 150 feet. And if you went anywhere, which you weren't, really weren't supposed to go anywhere, when you made your way through town, when you entered the doors to a place, you had to warn everyone in the room, I am unclean. I am unclean. I am unclean. So that people in the room would know, I need to social distance. I need to get out of this guy's way. Maybe today, we have a better appreciation for what somebody like this man with leprosy was going through. But let me remind you, what we have sort of endured in waves for nine months, this man spent his life enduring. Every day of every month of every year with no hope. Because in addition to any physical or social pain, anything that we can relate to, Leprosy was a spiritual curse. Leprosy was seen as God's punishment for sin in that day. And the only hope was a cure from God. There was no vaccine. There's no medication. There's no hope unless God comes in the picture. That's why we see in 2 Kings 5, 7, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? You see what this king says? I can do nothing about this disease. There, there's no team that I can build. There's no initiative I can set forth to heal this disease. The only thing I can do is pray because God alone can heal this curse. And so with all that in mind, this, this curse is dominating this leper's life. 
the physical, the social, the spiritual, it's all on top of him. And this helpless man comes to Jesus. And if you remember the scripture in Leviticus, this man breaks the law of Moses to come to Jesus. He breaks the law of Moses to come close to the prophet greater than Moses. And he kneels at Jesus' feet and he says, if you will, you can make me clean. Now think about what's going on here. That means this leopard gets it in his heart. Jesus can do what only God can. Only God can heal leprosy. And this man with leprosy comes to Jesus and says, you can. You can do this. The only question that he has is, will he? Is Jesus willing? There's a question in the text about how Jesus feels in the moment. It says, moved with pity. It it could either mean that Jesus had compassion on the man in his leprosy or that he was so angry at sin and for what sin had done to this world to bring about things like leprosy that Jesus was moved in his emotions to heal this man. Whatever Jesus was feeling, the scandal is the king stretches out his hand and touches the cursed one. He bridges the gap. He goes closer than six feet, and he touches the grotesque skin of this leper. Instead of turning away from the unapproachable, Jesus makes the leprosy turn away. People were worried that the impurity and uncleanness of the leprosy would, would come into them if they touched a leper. But Jesus knows when he touches the leopard, his cleanness will go into him. Jesus removes every layer of the curse, the physical, the social, the spiritual, and he makes them clean. Brothers and sisters, if you look to the cross, you never have to ask if God is willing. He more than can, and he is willing to make us clean. What makes that so scandalous, that's that's news that we, we know, but what makes it scandalous friend, is the kind of people that Jesus is willing to save. As Kent Hughes writes, the reality for all of us is that we are spiritual lepers. Did you know that? You are the leper. You are the cursed one, physically, socially, spiritually, on your own apart from Christ. David realized this after his scandal And he comes to repentance. David prays in Psalm 51 verse 5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. He doesn't put the blame on his affair. He puts it all the way back to his birth. He says, I was born this way. Friend, apart from Jesus Christ and what he has done for you, do you understand how helpless you are? Do you fathom how great is the curse on your head? If you do not belong to Jesus Christ today, if he's not your king, it's where you are right now. But this is the good news of the gospel, and it's helpful to remember this. In this dark day, brothers and sisters, if you belong to Jesus, this is who you were. This is how far Jesus has brought you. This is where you stood without 
Jesus, you were under the curse of the law. Scripture tells us we were alienated, socially separated from Christ. We weren't just infected, we were dead in sin. Brothers and sisters, according to the law, we were unapproachable. You were untouchable. You were unlovable. But Jesus came to touch the untouchable. Jesus came to approach the unapproachable. He came to love the unlovable. Romans 5, 7, and 8 says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The further we we get away from that, it's easy to forget Brothers and sisters, Jesus did not come on Christmas and live his life and die on the cross and rise again on the third day for the church version of you, for the good version of you, for you at your best. Jesus did all of that for your worst. He did it for the leper. He did it for the unlovable. And so let that reality stay fresh. Remember who you were. Remember what Jesus was willing to do for you. And if you do that, I mean, that puts things in perspective. No matter what you're experiencing in 2020, no matter what kind of gauntlet you've been through and what kind of gauntlet we still have to go through, we're, we're living in privilege and grace right now. We get more than we deserve. Our life better than it should be. Our existence is better than it should We should be dead. God in his mercy and his kindness gave us life with him forever. It means it doesn't really matter at all what January through December 24th has been for you. You have reason to celebrate this Christmas because of what Jesus was willing to do for you. So celebrate. But I mean, for a moment, just set the frustrations and the fears and the discouragements aside And just sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Jesus came for the unclean. But after Jesus cleanses the man, things take an interesting turn. And we see this in the second exchange between the man and the leper. After the scandalous cleansing, there's what I call the quiet commission. The quiet commission. We see this in the rest of the passage. You've heard of the Great Commission, and we understand that. But what we, what we struggle with today is this quiet commission that Jesus seems to give over and over again in the book of Mark. I want you to see it in verses 43 to 45. Mark writes, And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to freely talk about it. And to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer open, openly enter a town, 
but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Have you ever met someone that you knew from a distance? Maybe you've seen them on TV, or you, you just were never really close, and then you finally meet them, and you are just shocked because they don't exactly act the way that you thought they would. They're, they're, they're different. Maybe they're more humble than you expected. Maybe they're just more real. This Jesus is not who we expect. You may think you know Jesus. You may have seen him at a distance. But when you look at him up close, he is not who you think he is. He doesn't act the way we expect. Our Jesus, if we're writing the book of Mark, would say, Go, my son. Your faith has made you well. Tell everyone what I've done for you. Make it known to all your friends and family. This Jesus says, brother, shut your mouth. Keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody. I don't want you to say a word. He says he sternly charged him. Jesus is serious here. Be quiet. Why? because he knows what people expect. He knows what everyone in town expects of the Messiah, and it's not him. They find out what he just did to a leper, what only God can do, and it's going to get crazy. The crowds are going to get bigger. The ministry's only going to get harder. They're going to try to make him king right then and there. It's not the plan. And so Jesus tells them, keep quiet. And then he commands them, he says, keep the law. In verse 44, he says, go show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded. Now, just keep tracking with me here, all right? Is the man cleansed? Yes. Jesus has already cleansed him. It's done. He's cleansed. He's healed. He has no more leprosy. But Jesus then tells him to go ahead and follow the law for cleansing. What's going on here is in a few paragraphs even, we're going to see some fights between Jesus and the religious leaders of the day. And their accusation is going to be that he doesn't care about the law of Moses, that he disobeys the law with the Sabbath and other things. And here in chapter 1, Mark's showing you Jesus honors the law. This man doesn't have to go do anything to be cleansed, but he honors the law of Moses and tells, tells the leper to go ahead and go through with it. As Jesus says in Matthew 5, 17, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill the law. So Jesus tells us men, find the priest, do the cleansing, keep your mouth shut. Right? You with me so far? Keep quiet, keep the law. What does the man do? What does he go do? He tells everybody, verse 45, he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news. Now, hold up. Can you blame the guy? Can you blame the man? He's been trapped with a curse, and now he's free to live a normal life. Jesus just just did something in his life that only God can do. How is he supposed to keep quiet? I mean, when things open up here completely, Whenever that happens, it's going to be crazy. You're not going to be able to go anywhere. The beach, the movies, whatever. It's going to be a madhouse. You're not going to be able to keep anybody inside, right? Because 
we've been under this weight for so long. It's been nine months. This man has been under the weight of leprosy and this curse. He hasn't been able to see his kids, his family. He hasn't been able to go to work. He hasn't been able to do anything at all. And Jesus tells him to shut up. You and I would be right there with him. We'd be running through the streets screaming, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. Jesus healed me. We'd be right there with him. I want you to realize, even though it makes perfect sense, this man is disobeying Jesus. He's sharing the good news of Christ, and he's sinning doing it. You see this? He is sinning against his king because he's disobeying orders even though what he's doing is a good thing. How many times in our excitement to do good have we gone past what Jesus has said in his word? I don't even know if we think in those categories. If it's even possible for us to do something that's good, but in the moment, it's actually wrong. Enthusiasm, excitement, and passion for something good is not an automatic free pass to do it. Even in that moment where we have a good opportunity before us, the question that must be asked is, what does the king say in his word? What is the king saying to us now in prayer? And only at that moment are we then free to go and do it. This shows us, friends, who's the king in our life. John 14, 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Something to think about. The man Jesus cleanses does not keep his commandments. And what happens at the end of this passage is the point of everything Mark's been building up to is one more picture of why Jesus came. What we have here is a picture of Christmas, why Jesus came for us. In verse 45 at the end, because the man spread the news, Jesus cannot open, openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places And people were coming to him from every quarter. Like a celebrity who can't even go get groceries without the paparazzi making it a hassle, Jesus cannot go anywhere. Because of this, because of the man's good intentions and enthusiasm to tell people about Jesus, Jesus is hindered now in his ministry, and he has to go where? To the desolate places. If you've been here for a while, that should be ringing some bells. That's the wilderness. Jesus is forced back into the place of temptation, into the place of testing. He's back in the wilderness because he healed, because he cleansed a man. Because he cleansed the leopard, he's forced back outside. Do you see what has happened? What has happened in this exchange? Think with me. When we started, the leper lived in exile. After Jesus touches him, 
he sends the man into town. The leopard started on the outside, and he finishes on the inside. But Jesus winds up where the leopard was, and he ends on the outside. Friends, this is a picture of the gospel. What's happened here? Do you see this? Jesus came to trade places with the unclean. Jesus didn't just come for the unclean. Jesus didn't just come to cleanse the unclean. He came to switch sides, to switch places with you and me, with the lepers of the world. This is, friends, the gospel. God created man. He created Adam inside the garden. And because of sin, God forced man outside of the garden in life with God. And then he gave his people the law. And just like this man with leprosy, we disobeyed him, thinking that we knew better. And God gave his people sacrifices because they were unclean. But these sacrifices were only temporary. They were never the cure. They were not able to make anyone clean. And the good news of the gospel, the message of Christmas, brothers and sisters, is that Jesus went outside the gates of glory, outside the gates of heaven, and came to this world. And even though he showed compassion for the broken, even though he loved the unlovable, he was rejected by us and cursed by God on the cross so that he could trade places with anyone who believes in him. Hebrews 13, 12. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Galatians 3, 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Friend, you're here for a reason today. And if you have come today, you've sat under the word of God, and you realize that on your own, apart from Christ, in your sin, you are on the outside looking in, separated, alienated from God. That sin has caused division in your life. It's caused alienation and separation between you and other people. And you know there's something else in life. There's more to life than this. And you're on the outside looking in. Brothers and sisters, if you're tired of that, feeling that isolation and being alone, the good news of the gospel is that the king will trade places with you. He will take your sin upon himself and allow God to judge it on your behalf so that he can then trade you his goodness, his holiness, his cleanness, his righteousness, so that when God looks at you, he sees perfection. And he sees the king. Jesus Christ will bring you into his family and give you life forever. All you have to do is repent, turn from your sins, and trust in what Jesus has done for you on the cross and in his resurrection. And you will be saved. Do that this morning. There is no better way, friend, to celebrate Christmas. But brothers and sisters, people who belong to the family, if Jesus has cleansed you, remember what he's done for you. I want you to think about that. 
Unlike the man with leprosy, when Jesus makes us clean, what does he call us to do? He doesn't tell us to keep quiet. He doesn't tell us to stay silent. He sends us out to spread the news to every quarter. Acts 1.8, Jesus says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. How many of us are keeping quiet? How many of us keep quiet at those family meals on Christmas because we don't want to push our beliefs on anyone and we don't want to start a fight on our Christmas holiday meal? How many of us keep the good news of the gospel that can cleanse hearts and souls from our friends and family because we don't want to be looked at as weird? Because we don't want to get uncomfortable? Because we just want things to be merry and bright? How many of us are keeping quiet with the life-changing news that Jesus has taken everything cursed in us and crushed it? And that he's replaced that with his love and goodness and righteousness and holiness so that we have joy and peace. Friend, if, if you belong to that, Jesus, how can you keep quiet? Zeal and passion got in the way of this leopard's obedience. It caused him to go and tell other people about it. Let's not let apathy and complacency get in the way of ours. Let's not familiarity and just being used to this. Some of you aren't even moved by Christmas anymore because you've heard it 70 times in your life. You don't even remember yourself as a leper. Let's remember who we are. Let's remember what Jesus did. When he calls us to go and make disciples, let's take him up as his, at his word and, and respect him as our king and go and do it. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. That Jesus Christ is not only born, but that he died and rose again and offers life. Ephesians 2.13, this is who you are, friend, if you belong to Jesus. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And if that's true of you, friend, go tell it on the mountain. Go to the outcasts, the weak, and the poor. Go to the lepers of our society and be an ambassador of Christ. And say, be reconciled to God. He who knew no sin was made to be sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. Brothers and sisters, Jesus came to trade places with the unclean. Let's celebrate that this Christmas. Let's pray.